This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Well, today I want to jump right into the word with you. I'm going to be taking us to two passages. So I want you to open your Bibles or click in your device to the first passage, which is going to be in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy is where we're going first. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And then we're going to flip over to Matthew chapter 25. You know, there's been a lot of questions over the last number of weeks about the end times. There's been prophetic words that are being released. There's been uh, uh, people asking a lot of questions. In fact, about five or six weeks ago when restaurants were still open, I was in a restaurant that night with my wife and, and some friends and my son and, and we were having dinner there and a, 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 a member of our congregation was there and they came over and we were, we were chatting together for a few moments and then they said, Pastor, let me ask you a question. Do, do you think that what's about, you know, what's happening right now and boy, it's gotten even worse uh, in the weeks since then. Do you think that this is the beginning of the end times? And boy, over and over each week, we see it in the, in the chat lines, we see it in, in people's comments and questions that are coming in, is, is this pandemic, is this pandemic a part of the end times? And so today I want to help you to understand, and I want to help you to prepare for the end times, for eternity and that which is going to happen. You know, if you talk to a financial planner, a financial planner will help you to prepare for the future, that they'll begin to help you be future oriented right now in the present so that before you get there, you're ready when you get there. Well, today's message is that I want us to begin to look it's going to be answering questions for us is, is these signs, is this pandemic, what we're going through a part of the end times? It'll be a little bit of teaching, but I want to encourage you with it at the end. You know, both the Old Testament and the New Testament both prepare us for eternity. And they give us a very clear identification and understanding that there is life after this life. This life isn't the end. This isn't all that there is, that there is something else that's coming after this. And we talked about this a number of weeks ago. You see, we serve a God that is eternal and he has created you and me in his image. And when we begin to understand that, we can understand that an eternal God has created two places. The first eternal place that God has created is a place where we will be in God's presence. It's in the presence of God in all of eternity. Either of these two places is where we will spend eternity. Now, Jesus said before he left to the disciples, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, an eternal place. And he says, I'm going to go, I'm going to prepare it. And when I come back, the second coming of Christ, when I come back again, I'm going to take you where I am. And so the first eternal place is a place in the presence of God. Type that in the chat box. Say that with me, in the presence of God. The second eternal place. Now, let, let, me not, let me not forget this. That in the presence of God, now we know that to be heaven, is a place that God has prepared for you. Write it down in your notes if you're taking notes. It's been prepared for us. Those that love God, make a confession of our faith and determine to walk with God, that has been prepared for you and I. 
But the second place is where we will be eternally separated from God, that we will, we will not be in the presence of the Lord. In Matthew 25, later in the, in the chapter there, Matthew 24 and 25, both talk about the coming of the Lord and the signs of the times. And we're going to take a few moments and look at that in a moment. But in Matthew 25, down in, in verse 41, uh, Jesus uh, is sharing and he says, he's talking to those that have not given their life to the Lord and, and he's separating the sheep from the goats and all that. And he says, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared, hear this, prepared for the devil and his angels. And so it's a place that you are separated eternally from God, but it's not been prepared for you. It's been prepared for the devil and his angels. And so today we want to talk about eternity, focusing in on eternity. And I want to look at what did Paul say about, what did Paul say about the end times? What did Paul say about eternity? And then we're going to look at what Jesus says about the end times and eternity. So if you will, take, uh, take your devices, your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Let's read that together. In verse 1 from the Living Bible, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last days, in the last times, will come, look here, will come a turning away from the true faith and they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. So first of all, we see Paul saying here that people are going to turn away from the true faith. They're going to turn away from Christianity, the true faith, and they're going to begin to be deceived and they're going to begin to follow the teachings of the devil, the devil and his enemy, uh, the, de the devil, your enemy, the, the devil and his angels, that people are going to turn away. Now, we're already seeing that many that are not going to church, many that are following here it says deceptive spirits. They will follow deceptive spirits. And I really began to think about that. What is, what is this deceptive spirits? Growing up in the church, growing up around it, it's like how will people turn away from a place where the word of God's been preached and people are following God and, and praying and seeking God to turn away to deceptive spirits? And as I begin to look at it, I begin to understand that the deceptive spirits is where there's a mixture, the method here of the deception is there is a mixture of truth with air. There's a mixture of that which is right, that which is authentic, which is the true word of God, and air. In fact, this deceptive, that word deceptive, someone may want to underline it in their Bible as they're taking uh, notes there. It's, it's like a fishing term. You're, you're, throwing out, you're throwing out your line. There's a, a lure on it. There's, a, there's, a, there's bait. There's an enticement. It's something that's attracting you. And what Paul is saying is in the end times, that you and I have to be careful because there is going to be such a mixture of truth with air that it'll be enticing, it'll be attractive, and people will begin to turn away from the true faith. Let me take you a little bit further. Go down to verse three. Paul is still talking. Actually, I need you to go over to chapter two. Chapter two of Timothy is where I want you to go over to, to chapter two, uh, book two, second Timothy, book two. You already knew that, didn't you? You were, you, you were ready to correct me. Second Timothy chapter four and verse three. That's what messed me up. Same chapter, uh, chapter four, but it's in second Timothy. Look here in verse three. For a time 
is coming. A time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, but they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and they will chase after these myths. What Paul is saying is as Christians will settle, they will settle for that which tickles their ears. One way to say that is it's a watered down Christianity where there is a preaching that entertains, but it doesn't transform. There's a preaching that sounds good. It's motivational. It's a great speech, but it is not the power of the word of God that brings transformation of life. It feels good, it sounds good, it, 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 it's something that encourages my ears when I hear it, but yet it doesn't transform. Now, as I thought about that, I said, what could that be? I mean, I've grown up in the church hearing this. How can, how can there be this turning away and this sense that, that they're not having the true sound word of God? And really, I began to think about that, that if we're preaching grace only or love only or judgment only, if we're preaching only about God's grace is going to be released, but we don't balance it with the holiness of God, then we're not preaching the whole gospel. If we hold back from preaching certain topics because we know it's going to offend the listener, then we're not preaching the whole gospel. You see, when there, when there is a mixture, when we don't challenge character transformation, that our, that our character has to align, come into alignment with the very nature of God, but instead we just, we just share good topics and yet it doesn't bring the character transformation. All of these things, Things begin to be things that we're not preaching and sharing the whole gospel. And so here Paul is saying now we have to be careful that we don't water down the word of God. Now I got to tell you, last week's message on Daniel, that was what was so powerful for me and Daniel and his friends is that Daniel and his friends, they were in Babylon, they were in that culture, they were there with all of the things of that culture, and yet they didn't lose their convictions. They didn't turn from their beliefs. You see, too many times we're talking about what we should do, our behaviors, but we can't get to our behaviors until we really know what our convictions are and our beliefs are. In fact, every week when we preach and we share the word here at Christian Life Center, we're talking about what does God say? What does that mean for us today? And then how can we do it so that it brings transformation in our lives? Well, I believe God has is, is just led the church, man. We, as the body of Christ around the world, we've been led into a time where God is calling people back to himself. In fact, I think it's a season of repentance. It's a, it's a season of saying, God, I render my heart to you. I surrender my heart and my life to you, oh God. I started there a number of weeks ago, right? Arise and see the glory of the Lord. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. That's what Paul and the authors of scripture is showing us over and over and over again. And I believe this is a season where God is, God is saying to you and I, first of all, He's calling you and he's calling me and he's saying, return to me. I created you to love you. I created you to pour my grace out on you, my love on you. And he says, I want you to love me 
in return. I want you to give your love back to me. I want you to pour it out on me. And man, this is a season I believe God is calling us to do that. I want to take you to another, another scripture from Paul. It's same book, 2 Timothy. I got it right this time. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I want to read. Now, it's going to be a few verses, so, so track with me here as I read it. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I want to read the first several verses here. Paul says to young Timothy, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proudful, scoffing at God, disobedient. Let me come, let me come back here a little bit. Disobedient to their parents. This guy loves God. That's my son, for those that don't know it. Disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. That means holy. Nothing is sacred. Nothing is holy. Man, this is, this is so powerful. Paul says to Timothy, they will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They will be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasures rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay, he's saying to, Paul, uh, saying to Timothy, stay away from people like that. I think we're in a time, and it's been prophetically being spoken even, that this is a time of shifting and shaking and bringing people into our lives that are going to challenge us and enable us to be what God wants us to be. Here, Paul is saying they're going to love money. They're going to love themselves. There's a deep selfishness and a self-centeredness that, that they're seeking pleasure in the things of this world. And that's what we've been talking about the last several weeks. Our series is Focus, Living with Clarity in Times of Uncertainty. And what we're saying is you got to focus more than ever in this moment because I believe God is calling the church back to this time to be what we want and what he wants us to be. So what did Paul say? Let's look now briefly. I'm going to go through this a little bit quicker, but let's look at what did Jesus say about the end times? Because we're not the first ones that are asking this question, asking questions about the end times. The disciples asked the same thing. So flip over or click over with me to Matthew chapter 24, and we're going to walk through a few verses in Matthew chapter 24. I want to read, starting in verse 3, here uh, Jesus is with his disciples up on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples come to him privately and they say, tell us, when will these things happen? Jesus was talking about the end times and the times to come. When will they happen? What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Slip down a few more verses. Go down to verse six. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, so that you are, uh, see that you are not troubled. For all these things come to pass, but the end is not yet. So Jesus is saying, listen, there's, there's going to be wars, there's going to be rumors of wars, there's going to be famine. In fact, he's going to say here in the King James uh, Version, He's going to, to say nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines. Oh, look here, pestilences, that is 
plagues. Not all translations use that here, but the King James Version does. And earthquakes in various places. And Jesus is saying, no one is going to escape. It's going to happen. It's going to be there. Revelation chapter 6, if you go over there, begins to talk about just very prophecy that Jesus is talking about. In Revelation chapter 6 and, and verses uh, 5 and 6, he's talking about this. And in verse, tw- uh, uh, verse 8, look back, in chapter 24, and these, in the NIV says, are the beginning of birth pains. So the disciples are asking the question, don't lose it. They're asking the question, like we are, are these the signs of the end times? Is is the end times about to come? Is this it? And Jesus says, you're going to hear about war. You're going to hear about famines. You're going to have plagues and pestilence and all of these things. And that is the beginning of birth pains. Now, for all the ladies that have had children that are watching, you know that image, you, you understand this metaphor here of birth pains. When you begin to have those contractions and it's time for that little one to to come into this world. You go to the hospital. The first thing that they're usually asking you is how frequent are those contractions? How often are you having them? How regular are them? And how intense are they? Well, that's exactly what Jesus is saying is you'll hear about wars and famine and plagues and pestilence. But in the end times, it's the beginning. It's birth pain. And that means it's going to begin to come more regularly, more frequently. It's going to begin to be more intense, and that is the beginning. Well, man, you look at our our world in the last number of years, and we've been hearing it more and more. It's been happening. We hear more about these wars and and the, the famines and all that's beginning to take place. And Jesus says that that is the beginning of the birth pains that shows that the end of the age is coming, that the kingdom of God is near. He goes on in verse 9. In verse 9, he says, then they will deliver you. So he's now going to begin to show us different signs of the end times. What are some of the signs? And I just want to click them off real quick because I think they're important to see what Jesus says. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations. Why? For my name's sake. Jesus is saying the first sign of the end times is that Christian persecution is going to increase. It's going to begin to increase. And boy, we see that right now in different parts of the world. In fact, a number of years ago, just like two or three years ago, uh, we were seeing uh, Islamic ISIS groups beheading Christians for their faith, young children to old. They would be lined up along the beach. It was horrifying to watch what was happening. Why was it happening? Because of their faith. Religious freedom was being taken away. People are losing their life because of their faith. And Jesus says, this is one one of the signs, one of the signs of the coming of the Lord, one of the signs that I am coming. Look here in verse nine, he says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my sake. A second sign is that Christian opposition Opposing your faith is going to increase. That because you're a believer, because you declare that your allegiance is to Jesus Christ, that there's going to be greater opposition that's going to come against you. 
And why is that? It's because as believers, you and I stand for absolute truth. We live in a world that doesn't embrace absolute truth. They, they embrace a relative truth. What, it's an experiential truth. What to them is truth, they make it truth. But biblical truth goes against the worldly relative truth. And therefore people hate believers because we stand on the word. Now, one of the down uh, challenges and, 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 and things that we're seeing, and Jesus is going to talk about it, is that believers that call themselves believers, I should say, believers that call themselves believers begin to adopt the philosophies of the world, the thoughts of the world, and they take that on as their own. And the Bible says we've got to be careful of that. So that's the second truth, uh, sign, I should say, is that Christian opposition is increasing. The third is that Jesus says in verse 10, and then many will be offended and betray one another and will hate one another. Another translation says that they will begin to fall away, that offended is that they're falling away. The biblical word for this is there's an apostasy that's taking place. People are leaving the faith. Verse 2, many will turn away from the faith. They will turn away from the faith and they will betray and hate one another is how the NIV reads that. There's a turning away. Now, as pastors, Pastor Kevin's here, Pastor Christian, Pastor Tim, man, we've got a stage of pastors here, you know. Uh, uh, we've been studying and looking and researching for, for many years now because we're seeing young people are turning away from the faith. We're seeing that those that were brought up in the church are not embracing the, the beliefs of the church, of their family and, and, and their faith of, of what they were raised in and they're and turning away and they're leaving the church in groves and numbers. A number of years ago, back uh, maybe even right before you became youth pastor, during your time, there was a, there was a, a prophetic word and we were reminded of it this week. We shared it with Pastor Tim when we were meeting with Pastor Tim that the revival that's coming and the outpouring of what God wants to do in and through Christian Life Center here in South Florida and around the world is going to include the young people, that there's going to be a passionate spirituality that rises up among the youth and the young people and they're running after God, not leaving the church, but running to the church because there's a fire of the Holy Spirit that's illuminating in their heart and young people like Andrew and others are saying, I'm sold out for God. Yes, I could go out into the world and do so many other things, but my life is his. I've been bought with a price and I'm giving my life to him. And in that we say, God, send the revival. Because one of the signs of the end times is people are leaving. There's an apostasy. They're leaving the faith. Their, their, their hearts are growing cold, but it's a sign, Jesus said, when you see it happening, that we understand that we are coming nearer and nearer to the coming of the Lord. Another sign that Jesus talks about here is found in verse 11. Then many false prophets will rise up. We talked about this. Now Jesus is saying it and deceive many. So false prophets are increasing. And you know, we are in a moment with this pandemic that we're having incredible opportunities to preach the word, to share God's word around the world, but one of the things that concerns me is there's also an opportunity for false teaching and error to come in because people are searching and if they don't know the truth and they don't understand the truth, then they buy into anything and they begin to take it as truth because they don't understand the truth of God's word. One of the things that we've been looking at as pastors for a number of years now, Pastor Kevin, you know it's true that, that we've been looking at 
how do we help those that are coming to Christ, that they're abiding in Christ, get rooted in the faith? Because over a weekend service and just having a, 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 you know, a short service once a week will not root you and plant you and grow you and strengthen you and mature you to the way that you need to be. So how do we help you is one of the things that we've been wrestling with and, and walking through. And Jesus says a sign is that there are false prophets, teachers that are gonna be rising up. And I just wanna encourage you right now, be careful. When you're social, social media searching along and finding different things, be careful because you don't know the teaching. You don't know the background. You don't maybe have a great understanding of what's influencing that biblical uh, so-called teaching that's going out. And so even though there's great opportunities, we've got to be careful because there's a lot of room for deception from the enemy. All right, another thing Jesus says, go down to verse 12. We're just walking through this. Matthew 24, verse 12. And because lawlessness, evil will abound, the love of many will grow cold. We talked about that. And that is that there is an increase of wickedness. Wickedness, moral decay. And boy, we are seeing that. And in the last five years, I've seen it more and more and more become more prominent where we're seeing wickedness rising up when the world around us is decaying and morality is crumbling. We see more and more that the end is near. And we see it. I mean, the number of abortions where the world is pushing its agenda, be it certain topics that go against the word of God, same-sex marriage or homosexuality or other things. And like I said, earlier, pastors are afraid to even mention those words because they're afraid of who's going to turn them off. Jesus says, beware. Because when that happens, not, not, no, that we're not wanting to be gracious and loving, but the reality is we can't accept those, 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 those philosophies of the world. And even if the government, even if the government, hear me, even if the government legalizes it, it doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's accurate with the word of God. We've got young people now that are growing up thinking that that is normal and they're questioning so much that we know to be true in the word of God. So all of this, Jesus is saying, we've gotta be careful because if we're not careful, then we can get sucked in and we can fall away and our hearts can grow cold. But Jesus says, these are signs of the coming of the Lord. And when we are driven by eternity, when we're focused on eternity, let me tell you, it changes everything. It changes my life. It changes my values. It changes what I think, what I believe. It changes how I act. It changes what I'm going to do in my life. Everything now is motivated because of a love for the Lord. So in our final moments, what do we do with a message like this? In the final moments, what does this mean for you and I? How do we stay Focus. Well, I want to share with you three simple thoughts. The first thought is we've got to stay ready. Stay ready for the return of the Lord. One of our pastors the other day, the way we were talking about messages and uh, the passage that was stirring on their heart was Matthew 25, the next chapter. In fact, in 24 and 25, Jesus is talking about the, the return of the Lord. And in chapter 25, he takes us through several stories, metaphors and parables that help us to understand his coming. And in chapter 25, he talks about the 10 virgins. Now, the story of the 10 virgins is that five were ready 
but five weren't ready. Now, five were getting prepared for the coming of the Lord, but five were not ready. And Jesus begins to say, we've got to be watching. We've got to be ready for the return of the Lord. We've got to be wise, not foolish, because the bridegroom, which is Jesus Christ, is going to be coming. And if we're not ready, the virgins in the story are believers. And if we're not ready, the lamps are our lives. If our faith and, and, and if we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, if we're not ready, then he's going to come. In fact, there was a delay. They were waiting so much so that they fell asleep. All of them actually fell asleep. But when there was the shout, and the Bible says Jesus is coming back, and there's going to be a trumpet that's going to sound, and the shout of the Lord, the Lord is going to be coming. We've got to be ready. Now, here's the deal is we choose. We choose if we're ready. We choose we choose, we get, to, we get to make the decision, where will I spend eternity? Where am I gonna spend eternity? You see, my last night on this earth, I get to choose where my first night in eternity is going to be. When I live my last, my, my last night, when I breathe my last breath, I've gotta make a choice, where am I gonna spend my first night in eternity? Am I gonna spend it in the presence of the Lord? Or am I going to spend it apart, separated from the Lord? So we got to be prepared. If you're taking notes, write that down. Be ready. Be prepared. Repent. Come back. The kingdom of heaven is near is what Jesus preached. And that's what we're sharing with you in this series. Focus. Have clarity. Live with clarity in times of uncertainty because the coming of the Lord is very, very near. Secondly, I want you to write it down is we've got to be an overcomer. To be an overcomer is really about believers. When we give our life to the Lord, we've got to overcome. And I want to take you to another passage of Scripture. It's over in Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11. It says, you are only visitors here on earth. Since your real home is in heaven, keep away from the evil pleasures of this world. They are not for you, for they fight against your very soul. What Peter is saying is overcome. Keep away from the things of this world. Why? Because they're not for you. You see, sin breaks the heart of God. And when we sin, it separates us and moves us away from God. And, and therefore, we have to understand that God, sorry, I got to get this rag here. I'm going to have that right there. But sin breaks, it breaks the very heart of God. Let me read another scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 15. If they had wanted to, they could have gone back to the good things of this world, but they didn't want to. He's talking about the heroes of the faith. They didn't want to go back. Why? They were living for heaven. Heaven's a real place. It's a place that's been prepared for you and I. It's a, it's a place that we've got to be ready for. And as overcomers, we're kidding our eyes fixed on that. It's a real place. And just like heaven is real, so is hell. Hell is a real place, and it's a place that's not been prepared for you and me. It's been prepared for the devil and his angels. But if we don't choose God and if we don't overcome then we'll find ourselves in a place that Jesus will say, depart from me into the lake of fire. And that's a hard part of scripture, but it's the reality of God's world, of God's uh, word. And lastly, let me finish here. Lastly, we've got to focus on what will last forever. We got to focus on eternity. 
Let me share two scripture with you. Colossians chapter three and verse two. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Don't spend your time worrying about things down here. Look what Paul says over in Philippians 3, 14. I run towards the goal so that I can win the prize being called to heaven. This is the prize that God offers because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. What Paul says is we got to... We gotta seek the things above. That's what we've been talking about, Delaney, is our affections have gotta be things that are, that are, that are in alignment with the, the very heart of God. The affections of our life, the love of our life has got to be the priority of God's kingdom and God's ways and the purposes of God. In fact, Paul's greatest purpose, and I really make this my prayer, Toby, so much. Paul's greatest, greatest purpose was to be conformed into the image of Christ. To be like Christ. Paul says, I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to understand the nature. I want to have the character of God. See, why? It's because Paul knew that this life is not the end, that there is eternity. And we have a choice. It's our choice of where we will spend eternity. We get to choose our last night here on earth. Where is our first night going to be spent? In the presence of God or separated from the presence of God? It's our choice. And what I want us to do is I want us, and I just hope that you'll stay with me for a few more minutes, but I want us to prepare our hearts and I want us to begin to pray because I believe the key found in Revelations chapter two and chapter three is to be overcomers to be an overcomer, because when we do, we will receive the crown of life. We will be established, it says, in paradise with God the Father. He's talking to all of the seven churches in in Revelation, and in every case, they were overcomers, and when they were overcomers, there was a reward that was coming to them, and that's the key and the secret for you and I, is to overcome. In a moment, I'm going to begin, uh, we're going to begin, I should say, to, to just take a moment to prepare our hearts. And then I've asked Pastor Candy to come and lead us in a prompting prayer. I want to engage your spirit. I want to return to the Lord. I want to render our hearts to him. I want us to say, God, help me to be like those virgins that were ready, those believers that were ready. God, I want to be an overcomer because the signs of the kingdom of God is near. It's near. And today, in a brief overview, very, very briefly, I hope that you could see that the kingdom of God is near. The birth pains have begun. The intensity, the frequency of what Jesus said would happen is here. And therefore, our response has been, God, I want to be focused on that which will last for all of eternity. And I want to be an overcomer. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.